Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome back. We have got a very fun discussion ahead of us as we take a look at WrestleMania 6, the WrestleMania that forced fans to choose sides in the ultimate challenge. Champion versus champion, Hulk Hogan takes on the ultimate warrior in one of my personally favorite WrestleManias of all time and one that I know shaped a lot of childhood, so I'm looking forward to this, the discussion today on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. My name, Jumping Jay, and as always, I stand across from the ultimate Tommy Fierro. Tommy, good morning to you. Tough week for wrestling fans as we learned of the untimely passing of Leapy, Leaping Lanny Poffo and now the current health conditions of Jerry the King Lawler, but good morning to you. I'm excited to talk to you today. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. Yes, first, first off, uh, sending all our prayers and thoughts and well wishes out to all the family and friends and fans of Lenny Papo, uh, anyone that might have saw last week on my uh, social media on 80s Wrestling, I posted a picture of me and Lanny when I was a little kid. I was the first wrestling show I was ever at. It was at William Patterson College in Wayne, New Jersey. I caught Lanny Popo's Frisbee, and I, I, I told this story briefly on uh, Busted Open last week. My good friend Dave LaGreca asked me to come on on the Lanny Popo tribute episode, uh, and I caught his Frisbee, and some way, somehow, I uh, got the one of the security guards that uh, worked there, I guess he worked for the college, came up to me and says, I'm going to get Lanny to come out at intermission time and sign that for you and you can take a picture with him. I, some way, somehow, sure enough, at intermission time, he got Lanny. Lanny popped out, took a picture with me, me holding the Frisbee, signed it for me. I post that on our 80s wrestling social media. If you didn't have a chance to see that, you can go back and, and look at it after you listen to today's episode. And, uh, and then I posted a picture 30 years later with me holding the Frisbee when he was at my store, the same Frisbee I caught as a child. So Lanny I uh, was always uh, held a special, uh, a special spot in my heart because he was the first wrestler I ever met as a child, and uh, it was it was awesome to to reconnect with him and work with him and tell him that story. And he was he was moved by the story, and he was actually he when he came in my store and I was holding the frisbee, like he was like he was really he thought it was really cool, so he he really liked that, and I know he posted it uh, the the picture and the story also on his personal Facebook page. But when I told him I wanted to induct Randy Savage into the 80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award at 80s WrestleCon, he was so excited for it. And he thanked me several times, and he was really looking forward to it. And he was just up in New York, you know, last week. And I had been in touch with him, you know, in, in recent months through, you know, Messenger on Facebook. We would talk all the time. And uh, I, someone came to my store last week and said, hey, I heard the bad news. I said, what bad news? They said, Lanny Papo died. And my jaw literally dropped to the ground because I, I didn't, had, didn't have to hear that yet. And I just, I talked to him. So, man, it just goes to show you just how precious life is and how we take it for granted and how we need to appreciate it so much more uh, than we really do. So uh, we, we're still going to... Um, do the induction for Randy at 80s Wrestling Con. I, I, I like to probably make it a little bit more special. I'm going to be working on that uh, and possibly getting Lanny and his memory involved in it as well. Uh, again, still working on that, but I wish I have some more information 
on the next couple of weeks. And I saw uh, uh, Jimmy Hart posted some pictures of him visiting Jerry Lawler. It looks like Jerry's actually doing a little bit better. So uh, sending all our prayers out to one of the greatest of all time, WWE Hall of Famer, Jerry the King Lawler. But, yeah, man, we have a fun episode of the 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about WrestleMania 6. I know in the past, Jay, me and you have had some conversations about WrestleMania 6 and uh, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Now, what you said uh, at the top of the show where you said that you they made fans choose which side. And, and it's funny that you said that because that's what made me think of doing WrestleMania 6 today because I was – uh, this morning, thinking about WWE's dilemma that they're currently in with their upcoming WrestleMania, and I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold to later in the show. I'm going to talk about the whole Bloodline storyline and different options they can do heading into WrestleMania because it's it's just it, they're they're in a they're in a in a it's, it's a good predicament to be in. We have multiple choices. It's the first time they've had that in a while, so I mean it's it's a good thing, not a bad thing, but. The problem is, is that I don't think that they realized how over uh, this Sami Zayn bloodline storyline would become. Now, I mentioned a couple of weeks back here when we were talking about the Royal Rumble that I would have actually had Sami win the Rumble, and then for a couple months, you know, they're they're talking that, talking him out of giving up the title shot. And you think he's gonna do it? And think he's gonna do it? And finally, at the last second, he says, "No, I'm, I'm I want the title shot at WrestleMania." Which would have fucking went bonkers. And, I mean, it doesn't matter. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it right because they, they're still going bonkers. But the situation is this match between Sammy and Roman is only a week and two days away. And either – or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my, my opinion on this and, and different ways they can go about structuring that show because this storyline is just so over. But I don't want to take away from the focus of WrestleMania six. But um, the reason I said that about what me think of that is because one of the options they could do is, you know, everyone's saying, you hear people saying, you know, you know, it's a great storyline with Cody coming back, winning the Rumble, doing it for his dad, fulfilling his destiny. It's, and, and he's over huge. And, and the, the segment he did with Paul Heyman this past Monday night was probably one of the best uh, in-ring segments I've seen in many, 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 many years. So everything they're doing is right. The only problem is you have, on the other side, you have this situation where fans are so emotionally invested in this Sammy Roman storyline that no matter what the outcome is next Saturday, it's going to be unresolved. So I thought, one, and, and again, we're going to get into this later on the show. I'll talk all about it. Uh, one thing they could do is they can shock the world. Next next uh, Saturday, have Sami Zayn win the title from Roman Reigns. No one would see that coming. And it could be a situation where even, you know, Jay Uso, you know, sides with Sami at the end. And, you know, now it's, you know, Sami against Cody at WrestleMania. You know, looking at the two big baby faces like Hogan and Warrior. That's what made me think of today's episode. We'll get into that later. And then, you know, different scenarios for Roman. Maybe they still have The Rock. In their back pocket, and they're they're waiting to after this pay per view to, to to say that, uh, or it could be Jay Uso against you know Roman at WrestleMania and, and the Battle of the Bloodline. You have all the old family members come back. So I mean, there's there's different ways to do it. We'll talk more about that later in the show. But right now we're talking WrestleMania six. Obviously, like you said, 
two of the biggest stars in the history of the company colliding for the very first time, both good guys. And I know it's in the past here, Jay. I was, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I, I, was, I grew up a huge Hulkamaniac. I was siding with the Ultimate Warrior on this one, man. And I found myself literally running outside and up and down the street with my friends when the Ultimate Warrior captured the WWF title. And looking back at it now, man, kind of feel like I betrayed the Hawkster. But I, I don't know why. At the time, I was, I was all about Warrior winning that belt. Listen, man, just, just the idea of discussing WrestleMania 6 on today's episode put a smile on my face because this was a big part of my childhood. This, there's so much that goes in here, so much to unpack. I'm excited to see where the conversation leads. We're going to jump into the phone calls right now, Tommy, because when you post a topic like WrestleMania 6, people want to weigh in. And so we're going to jump right into the slam line, see where this conversation takes us. And first up, it's taken us. Cleveland, Ohio, to talk to first-time caller, Kathy. Kathy, good morning. Welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. I'm happy you called in. We're talking WrestleMania six. Oh, you guys, this is super. Thank you so much for having me on, Jay and Tommy. I, I've been listening to you guys. I try to catch you every week, but sometimes I don't. And I, then I go back and I, I listen to other ones. And you, you guys do a phenomenal job. I really, I really think you bring it all to life and you give everybody chances to say what they need to say. And I just want to say, Tommy, I love that story that you just shared about you running around so excited that Warrior won. So I'm a little older than you guys. So when WrestleMania 6 happened, I was a senior in high school. So not the whole childhood thing, but, you know, childhood years yeah makes no difference um so and again we didn't know anything like um like it is today you know you can find out stuff and you know with anything and we had to wait we had to wait i know i did so i don't know we probably had the weekend shows on to find out anything and now of course such a different time um but i think what what it was all about is is just and i know the guys you know your regulars they're all going to talk about this too, probably, but uh, all the firsts that they did, not just, you know, Hogan and Warrior, um, but all the other firsts, like time, you know, as a country and the mixed tag team match that they did with, um, you know, Randy and Sherry versus Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire and, um, you know, all of that demolition repeating and I, you know, there's so many things and, Andre, you know, his last one and slapping Bobby and just, oh, wow. That was just so phenomenal seeing the crowd's reaction. And, um, and of course, like I said, I didn't know anything. I am, I should say am, huge Warrior fan. I've written a book and I do a blog. And, um, and I've talked about it a lot um, from di- different ways, spiritually and all that. So I'm not getting into that. But, uh I I was thinking to myself, you know, new decade, it's time. Sorry, but the Hogan fans, I thought, you know what, I think they're going to do that. And no matter what happens, and you guys have talked about that too um, afterwards, but I thought, no, I think they're going to have Warrior win this. because. And I was trying to do it logically because I'm thinking they're calling it the ultimate challenge. They took one of his <laughs> – what is his name? And, you know, just all these different things. Like, he was definitely the it guy then. And he was, you know, topping Hogan in a lot of other ways. And 
you know, so I, I just really thought that that was going to happen. And, um, yeah, so, of course, I was very thrilled. But it was a very hard week for me, going to school <laughs> the next day, not knowing a darn thing, and just having that whole week, you know, play out the way it did. I don't know how I concentrate on school, but I did. And um, so, yeah, I, of course, was, was very thrilled and then thought, okay, now what are they going to do and how is it going to play out? And, um, but, yeah, so many great, so many great things. And like I said, I'm sure the guys will offer their – their take on their moments and and what happened and you know and then I was so thrilled years later to get it on VHS and um, before you know the DVDs came out and and popping it in at different times and watching you know my favorite stuff and and it was just farcical still then you know and my family started watching oh early 80s and I was maybe like 11 and so I watched years before even you know this happened and um, and it was funny, and I needed the humor. I, I loved the humor. And um, that was something that, you know, was such a part of it back in the day. And um, and I don't watch today, so people who know me, they know I don't watch. But I have a feeling Roman's going to lose, so I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to do that, but I just think, yeah, they're going to they're gonna shock people. But, uh, yeah, so that's just my take on it and my prayers go out to the Papos as well. I'm glad that you guys mentioned that. Um, Lanny just, he seemed like such a great guy to everybody who knew him. And I wish Jerry Lawler the absolute best and he's looking good. So I'm hoping all of his King style that he does, but uh, yeah. So I appreciate you guys taking my call. I can't wait to hear what everybody else has to say. And um, yay, first woman, I believe. So there we go, breaking another record. So um, thank you guys so much for for doing this. And um, I could go on and on, but I know other people want to have their say. So yeah, so big warrior fan here. There, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for calling. And we really, I, I know me personally, I really enjoyed listening to your point of view. And I know uh, Jump and Jay over there probably did too. Anytime you want to call up, please do so. We enjoyed having yeah. you. Yes, I will do that, you guys, so much. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Kathy. Now, here's the deal, Tommy. I love that Kathy called in, but we're already off to a rough start because you know I'm, I was in the corner of Hulk Hogan, and you were in the corner of the Ultimate Warrior, and the first caller weighs in is a Warrior fan. So I'm down one nothing already going into the conversation. Okay, let's, let's, do, let's do this. You have, a, you, have a, you have a pad in front of you. Can you put... Uh, Warrior and Hogan and, and Sipacom put a check next to Warrior's name. I will give him a check. Listen, 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 next... listen, make no mistake about it. I love, I love the Ultimate Warrior. I have an action figure of him on my desk as we speak. Like, I love the Ultimate Warrior. But at this time in my life, when WrestleMania 6 hit, I was fully a Hulkamaniac, and I was rooting for the red and yellow. And so, uh, so that, to hear, to why, hear that I'm why... already down one nothing early in the conversation. Listen, this is why I'm confused, Jumpa Jay, because around that time frame, I was a gigantic Hulkamaniac as well. I think what Kathy might have just said, uh, it was something different. And, like, it was, like, time for the next thing. And, like, not only that, but, like, I think, like, just that time period and, like, you seeing this big guy with these neon bright colors and, you know, face paint. It looks larger. Like, he just looked like a real-life, superhero and i think it captivated uh a good a, 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 the entire audience and, and you know it, it made for a really interesting match i mean i don't think that match gets enough credit for how iconic it is in my opinion it goes down as one of the greatest 
WrestleMania moments of all time is this Hogan and Warrior just standing there looking at each other, about to go at it. Uh, let's see what the next caller has to say. Next up, good friend of the show, Firefighter Brian. Good morning to you, sir. We're talking WrestleMania 6. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? How's everything? <coughs> Doing well, sir. Good, good, good. Uh, well, first and foremost, first things first, uh, rest in paradise, Lanny Poffo. And I know uh, for a lot of people in the wrestling industry, including you, Tommy, it's just not a loss of a you know, a, a great wrestler, but uh, a lot of you lost a great friend. And um, it's just very unfortunate. You know, I was supposed to meet Lanny uh, at a signing here on Long Island on Saturday. And um, everybody was just so sad about it. And um, I just want to take a second just to, you know, just reflect on his career. You know, he was a, a darn good wrestler. I mean, very ahead of his time in the WWF in the early to mid eighties and, you know, a good high flyer um, had some going with the Frisbees and the poems. And I always wanted him to get his time to shine because it was borderline. Let's be honest. He was borderline enhancement talent. That's how they were using him. And unfortunately it turned out to be one of those, be careful what you wish for is because when he did get his time to shine, I kind of wished he didn't because, uh, I just I didn't get the genius. I just uh I I just I just didn't get it. Um he was a he was a good manager. I just didn't get the gimmick. Um but uh, just a, a terrible loss. And let me just ask you quick, Tom. Um who will be accepting the award now? Do you know yet or is that still in the works? Uh that's a good question. That that's actually still in the works. Um I, I'm thinking about possibly uh kind of adjusting the award a little bit. So originally the 80s wrestling lifetime achievement award was supposed to be for the Macho Man. I'm I'm considering right. doing it for the Paco family just because Landy was supposed right. to be a part of this and I want to do something special, but I'm still uh, figuring out the details on it, but something along those lines, I'm sure. But I, as far as who's going to accept that, I don't know as of right now, but I'm sure that we will we'll be able to get someone good to do that and make make it make sense, you know? Absolutely. Listen, what, one thing's for sure, you know, we'll all be thinking about Lanny at uh, 80s WrestleCon, and I'm sure by all the wrestling community mentions will be made of him throughout the day. So uh, God bless Lanny Poffo wherever he is. And uh, as far as uh, WrestleMania six, uh, well, I was me, my brother, my cousins, all of us watching that day. We all loved Hogan, but we were cheering for the Warrior. Um, we uh, and, and looking back, unfortunately, you know, Warrior did not draw as heavyweight champion the way the WWF, the way anybody thought he would. I thought he was going to be a big draw. Um, they, you know, he didn't even make it a whole year. Uh, he didn't make it to the next WrestleMania. Um, but I, I listen. I'm what, Ultimate War is a guilty pleasure for me. Okay, um, yeah. The, George Steele said it best. The music would go on, and holy horseshit, what a great theme song that was. That will get you going. Okay, to take you guys a quick funny story. Back in the 2000s, at my mother's house in the backyard, me and my guys were out in the back. You know, having a Friday, Saturday night, and in the middle of a uh, in the middle of a session, the guys are saying, "Hey, Brian, C 
sing the Ultimate Warrior theme song. And I'm singing the song, and guys are head-banging. It was nuts. So, um, yeah, listen, we're, uh, so we were cheering for Warrior. But that match goes to show. The most underrated wrestler of all time, Hulk Hogan. It's not even close. Listen, he's no Danny Hodge, okay? Hell, he's no John Cena, okay? He wasn't giving you five-star classics every time he was in the ring. But anybody who thinks he can't work, watch him carry the Warrior to one of the best wrestle, uh, main events in the history of WrestleMania. Watch him carry Goldberg on Nitro, okay? He knew. Grant, yeah, he didn't. He wasn't no technical masterpiece. He knew psychology. And if you know ring psychology, that's more than half the work. And the other thing I take from WrestleMania six is, and uh, Kathy said this before, I thought a big moment was, and this goes underlooked because Andres had so many big WrestleMania moments. You know, getting slammed by Hogan at three. Um, WrestleMania one, body slamming John Studd. WrestleMania two, the uh, the Battle Royal, when he uh, attacked Haku and then threw Heenan out of the ring. Mm-hmm. That ovation he got when he got on the court back to the locker room, that was insane. Mm-hmm. That just goes to show how beloved Andre was. And um, I think everybody was, because I remember you, Tommy, saying you were there that day at Piper's Pit when he ripped Hogan's shirt off in the cross and Piper says you're bleeding. And a lot of fans were crying. A lot of people were sad to see Andre turn heel. He goes back to being babyface. That was a big moment for Andre and for WrestleMania. And I'd like to end this call. May 6th, 80s WrestleCon. Firefighter Brian. Babyface Brian. Photo with Tom. 80s Wrestling Jeopardy. The ultimate challenge has been issued, and if I know those guys, they will be calling this show, and the challenge is out there. So with that, anything anything you guys would like to say uh, based on, on WrestleMania 6 or anything that I said? I, I, I like your, your uh, first of all, I like your booking, I like your booking idea for uh, 80s Wrestling Con. Uh, either oh, either Jeopardy or a Family Feud, either one of those would, would suit you guys well. And uh, me and Jay are going to, offline, we'll talk about how we can incorporate some of that fun into the, the convention. I'm going to leave that up Good. to Jay, let him figure out what he wants to do and put Jay in charge of that. But what you said about um, Andre the Giant, you made a really good point there. The fans grew up loving Andre the Giant, and I think that it was a nice WrestleMania moment uh, seeing him go back with the fans and and uh, and, and turning on Bobby, I, that's a very 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 good point. And, and yeah. you know, and that was right. Let's not leave demolition now. You know, Tommy, I know you love demolition, and so do I. Okay, um, you know, I always love you know, and I were, I've heard interviews with Axe saying that he felt that they turned them face too soon when they still had a lot that they could do as heels. And while I agree with him, the fans just loved them. And once they went back to being heel, it was over because the fans didn't want to boo them. And uh, 
they won the titles for the third time, which nowadays that's nothing, okay? Nowadays uh, guys win titles 12 times, that ain't shit, okay? But at the time, three times, that was big. And I'll I'll just end with this uh, quick on uh, today's current uh, uh, status. You know, first of all, anybody who didn't see uh, AEW last night, try to see it, especially the Brian Danielson-Roosh match. That was nuts. And they seriously need to use Roosh more. And I, I agree with you, Tommy. I thought, you know, Sami Zayn winning the Royal Rumble, especially like by accident, too much at once. You got the Cody storyline. You got the Sami Zayn storyline. I thought Sami winning the title at WrestleMania would have had the crowd going nuts. Okay? Don't kill a perfect opportunity like you did at WrestleMania 30. You finally put the belt on Daniel Bryan. But the fans couldn't really enjoy it and sink their teeth into it because you had uh, Undertaker losing the streak, which stole out of Brian's thunder. Go all in on Sami Zayn. You could always do that whole Cody, Dusty, this, that, that, this later on. Um, right now, Sami's hot as a pistol. And uh, it's listen, it's like Vince to leave money on the table. He's been doing it ever since he bought WCW. That was, what, over 20 years ago? All right? So it wouldn't surprise me. But um, I just think, and the, the, but with the promo of Heyman and Rhodes the other night, you know, who knows? This could still be a good buildup to WrestleMania. So uh, with yeah. that, I know yeah, you have other calls. All right? And, uh, good Thanks, man. Thanks good for calling. Oh, hey, thanks for giving us all this time. I'll talk, guys, next week, I hope. All right? God bless. All right. Thanks, Brian. And, and everyone, yeah, I'll be, I'll be chiming in on what he just said uh, later on in the show today, uh, where WWE has several different options they can do for this year's WrestleMania with the Bloodline storyline and Cody and all that. But let's, let's get back to the calls, Jay, as I know they're, they're chiming in to talk about one of the most popular WrestleManias, WrestleMania Six. That's right, and up next, all the way out to hopefully sunny Chico, California this morning, Babyface Brian. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. It is sunny out here, and uh, I uh, I will also put my my check mark on the Ultimate Warrior list. So man, unfortunately, my pen's gonna run out of ink here. Yeah, well. It, it was it was time, and it was the first clean loss that most of us had ever seen uh, Hulk encounter. You know, as okay, for, for guys that were uh, Brian, yeah. you just said yes. a very good point. For a lot of us, this was the first clean loss that we ever saw Hogan take. From your point of view, just explain what that meant. Uh, it didn't matter if you were an Ultimate Warrior fan or a Hogan fan. We never saw Hogan lose clean, much less lose his championship clean. So just from your point of view, that in itself, doesn't matter who the opponent is, what is seeing a Hulk Hogan losing the title clean? I mean, that just kind of shakes up your world, does it not? At that time. Uh, it was fairly mind-blowing. And I, and, I, uh, and I thought that Ultimate Warrior was going to win going in. I had this feeling, like a lot of people, it was just the booking pointed that it was definitely possible and when it happened i was i was thrilled i was a big ultimate warrior fan and and i definitely respected hulk all those years as the champ but uh you know piper was my guy and uh ultimate warrior came along right after piper retired at wrestlemania 3 ultimate warrior 
got into the company and then, you know, didn't really start rolling until 88. But, uh, but I was thrilled to see that happen. Um, the, uh, the demolition colossal connection that to me, definitely the second biggest, uh, match on the card, as far as Andre turning face again, like the others have said, um, I was, I'm, I was a little disappointed. I think Roddy was trying to get more attention on himself too, and the paint himself half black thing. I honestly don't think that there's a racist bone in his body. So I, I'm disappointed that they took the match off the network, but uh, you know, the, the no finish between him and bad news, I could see they both had the egos going on and, and, you know, didn't weren't able to get a, a clean finish out of that one, but yeah, Dusty and, and Savage, that's great for Savage's legacy as far as the list of amazing opponents he's had at Mania, uh, getting Sherry and Sapphire in there. That's, you know, like Kathy said, something that hadn't been done before. Um, but, yeah, when it comes down to it, it's all about Hulk losing clean for the, the first time for most of us. Um, real quick, too, I, I wanted to chime in and, and say that the interview that uh, that Tommy posted on social media where – uh, his one of his best friends, God, Godfather to his daughter, uh, got to interview Lanny. At the end of that interview, which is a great interview, Lanny has this heartfelt outpouring of how he doesn't do these things or he didn't do these things anymore, but because of one guy, and, and it was because of Tommy and, and the relationship that uh, mm-hmm. he had with Tommy and Tommy asking for a personal favor. So I think that's worth seeking out and, and listening to that interview. And if nothing for the last five minutes of it where – he, he gives Tommy a shout out. And so uh, I don't know if it's okay. Um, I, if I can take like one minute, I could read the, a poem that I did uh, back when Lanny was going to be on 80s Wrestling, the podcast, and his uh, cell phone got stolen and he didn't make it on there. So every week when you guys were announcing guests, I was like, man, I hope it's Lanny. I want to share this with him. And I was excited to meet him at 80s Wrestling Con and, and so it was just like such a punch in the gut to, to hear that he passed. Tommy would feel the same. And it's just, it, it's, it, you know, it's really a shame. But um, if it's okay, can I take about a minute and read that real quick? Absolutely. Ab- I'd love to hear Yeah, it. absolutely. All right. Let me uh, pull it up here. Bands of 80s wrestling like Tommy, Jay, and me owe a debt of gratitude to the Popo family. No. You entertained us on TV if we were lucky at house shows. We were inspired by what you said and did. Our love of the era grows and grows. Your brother Randy was a superstar. You're a superstar as well. While he was winning titles, you shared a poem before the bell. I wanted to catch a Frisbee, but one never came my way. At least Tommy Fierro got one on a very special day. Whether Leaping Poet Laureate or evil genius villain, your rhyming talents made you seem like wrestling's Bob Dylan. Thank you, Lenny Popo, for all the memories they don't end. At 80s Wrestling, the podcast, we consider you a friend. Anyway, so wow. that, that was something oh. I really wanted to share with him. Wow. Thank you, That's, you, I wanted That's to awesome. That's awesome. I absolutely yeah, it, love that, man. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. Yeah, you bet. And, uh, and yeah, whatever uh, I'm able to uh, uh, participate in at 80s Wrestling Con, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So Jeopardy! Family Feud. Oh, you're, you're in, man. Re- I love yeah, that. Whatever, I love whatever that part, you're up man. for. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, Thank definitely. You very much and, uh, love, it, and thanks for sharing that uh, that interview on social media. And uh, and thanks as always for doing the show, guys. I will uh, I will talk to you again. Thank Sounds you, Brian. Good. Have Thank a you, great sir. day, man. Love that. Love that poem, Jay. Dude, that was killer. You you know Lanny Poffel much more than I do. I, if I was fortunate enough to speak to him a couple times, but you knew him, he would have loved that. He would have loved it. Great, great job, Brian. Yeah, that's very cool. That's very cool. And when Brian was uh, talking about the first ever Hogan loss, I think maybe something clicked in my head. I love the Ultimate Warrior, and I don't think I was mad that the Warrior won. I think I was upset that Hogan lost like I had never seen Hogan lose clean before and so I think as a child I was more upset about that uh than that the fact that Ultimate Warrior won I don't think it would have mattered the opponent to me I think just seeing my hero lose for the first time is what shook me up about this match Tommy yeah man they 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 did a fantastic job of pulling at every single one of your emotional cords in your body. And that that's when they had it. That's when it's special. That's when it means something. Kind of like what they're doing right now. What they're doing right now with that bloodline storyline, why people are so emotionally invested in it is because finally WWF, well, WWE, is doing what they did back in the day. They're taking their time. And they're, I mean, they've been doing this storyline now for the better part of, almost a year now. So, you know, the fans are so emotionally attached to it, which goes to show that long-term storytelling still works uh, in, in 2023. Uh, you know, where fans nowadays are accustomed to car crashes on a weekly basis uh, or, or, you know, or Japan Wrestling or AEW, you can still do old-school storytelling and they're doing it perfectly right now with the Bloodline storyline. And that's why people are so invested in it. And that's why I want to talk more about different options that they can do. Because a lot of people are, are cause I, I hear it, I'm, my ear is to the ground all the time in, in the wrestling business. A lot of people are saying, yeah, uh, the Cody storyline is awesome and Cody's awesome, but we want Sammy. So uh, there's a couple of different scenarios that I thought up of that. Uh, WWE can do to, to get out of their situation, but we're still talking WrestleMania six, uh, one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. Uh, Jay, you, you you know you were laughing at me throughout the last couple of years when I told you that I was Team Warrior. You you know, you, you called me a, a, a turncoat, a traitor. But listening to the fans here today on '80s Wrestle the podcast, it seems as though everyone remember, man. Uh, in 1990, I'm only 12 or 13 at the time, so like. I'm still learning, my friends, just like just like you are. So, like, uh, to me, you know, I, I wasn't turning on Hulk Hogan. Uh, I just – there's something about the Ultimate Warrior that I gravitated towards as a 13-year-old, and it seems as though a lot of the other callers that are calling you today kind of feel the same way I did. Maybe uh, you know, maybe it's something you had personally against the Warrior at that time. That he did, did, Was he out – well, I, I wouldn't say that he was uh, in your hometown for a wrestling show and – he asked for an autograph and he didn't sign it because you guys only get the uh, the Bolsheviks down there. But what, what's the what's the beef between you and Warrior here? Listen, there's absolutely no beef. I love the Ultimate Warrior, and looking back, I understand the booking decision. I mean, the red and the yellow had been running for a very long time, and sometimes you got to switch things up. And the Ultimate Warrior, I mean, if you look at him, he was custom made. 
for wrestling. His look, his muscles, his neon colors, the tassel, the face paint. He was a superhero taken from the books of a comic book, taken from the pages of a comic book and thrust on our TV screen. He was custom made. I have no doubt why Vince McMahon looked at him and saw dollar signs. But I just want it to be on record that Tommy, you're pretty much admitting on air that you will leave the thing that you cling to for the new flashy good-looking thing that walks uh, into your view. Yeah, the Ultimate Warrior looked great, but he was I never no said he was. I never said he was good-looking. What are you talking about? Listen, man, you saw the flash. You saw the neon colors. You saw the blur running to the ring. I you never heard said the he music. was fucking Brad Pitt. What are you, you talking about? You left Hulkamania, who was there for you, your entire childhood. Hogan never turned his back on you, but you, you turned your back on Hogan. Is that not correct? I can't say that you're wrong, Jay. And does it matter to me that the only reason the Bolkovich main event in my hometown was because Warrior no-showed? I don't hold that against the man. That has nothing to do with this conversation. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is, that, is that true? <laughs> it is true. The main event was advertised. <laughs> there you go. Advertised. Ladies and gentlemen. Listen. <laughs> the main event. We finally found out. Why Jumping Jay does not like the Ultimate Warrior? Because I love the Ultimate Warrior. The show That's that not, he no. grew up on, putting words in my Warrior mouth. Warrior No showed, and they got the fucking Bolsheviks as a replacement. <laughs> That's why. Listen, because you, you 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 never got your nine dollars back for that ticket because you're going to see Warrior. That's why you fucking hate the Warrior. You you want to know what the advertised main event was of that show? In my hometown, the advertised on the posters on the the advertised main event was the Ultimate Warrior versus Andre the Giant. And here's what we were told before the main event. I think it was intermission. The ring announcer gets in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I regret to inform you that Andre the Giant missed his flight. So instead of seeing the Ultimate Warrior versus Andre the Giant, we're seeing the Bolshkovich take on, I don't know, two local dudes. I have no idea who they even wrestled. But here's my question. I get it. Andre the Giant missed his flight. Things happen. But would the Warrior not still be there? Couldn't the Warrior have come out? Hogan would have come out. Well, you know what it probably Hogan was? Been there. That Andre misses, listen, Andre missed his flight. So they told Warrior that he has to work fucking Boris Zukov. He said, fuck this. I'm not coming. And that's why you got the main event you got. So don't be hot at Warrior. Be hot at Andre misses flight. Let the record show. I'm not hot at the Warrior. I love the Ultimate Warrior, and I love this conversation. So we're going to keep it going and take the spotlight off of me, and we're going to put the heat on Danny from Butler. Danny, good morning, brother. Talking about WrestleMania six. Tommy, Jumpin' Jay, uh, how's it going? I've loaded uh, the rocket ship, and I've ended up on Rady's nice. Wrestling. Nice. nice. Nice reference. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, WrestleMania six. Uh, how do I start? Um, uh, you know, as many people have said, you guys said uh, it made you choose. Uh, you had a choice. You had the two uh, hottest stars in the company. One that was already, you know, the the face of the company, the the cornerstone, with the up and comer who was, you know, had a tremendous uh, momentum uh, going into that show. You know, I think, you know, what they did. Uh, it was in you know, the perfect. It was. The you know perfect story, you know storytelling 
at its finest. You know, you start off at the Royal Rumble when they, you know they end up at you know at by you know face to face. The you know the show you know the the you know they're looking at each other. You know they um you know they they do they circle the ring, they crisscross, they knock each other each other down. You go you go to the Saturday night night's main event. You know they uh, team up. You know at first I think they're up against uh, Perfect and uh, you know God rest his soul. Uh, you know, uh, the genius, Lanny Poffo, you know, I, I, I meant to, you know, bring that up too. Uh, you know, like I said, it's a tremendous loss, you know, definitely was uh, looking forward to meeting him again and uh, seeing him receive the reward. But uh, to get back to WrestleMania six, you know, they, they, you know, they kept, you know, the, the storyline going, you know, then you, you throw in, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of foreshadowing, you know, you throw in uh earthquake into the mix with Dino Bravo. We all know what that, where that would have ended up after WrestleMania. So, they uh they do it in a lot of storing up rhymes with that, but you know you look at Hogan and on and I mean I'm sorry Warrior and Hogan, like I said it was a uh, you kind of you know I, I'm gonna go on record I definitely was a Hogan fan and I was going for Hogan, but you know you kind of saw the writing on the wall you know like you you know as, as a kid I was nine years old, you kind of knew that uh you know you 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 just didn't see Hogan winning and then you know what was he gonna do with the Intercontinental title, so mm-hmm. you kind of you know, you kind of foreshadowed that you know the the warrior was eventually gonna you know end up uh, taking the title, and uh, you know they ended up uh, giving that tournament, and you know we all know Perfect uh, ends up winning. He goes on to have a, a tremendous run as an IC champ. The show itself, you know, they look at uh, you know it was a uh, pretty much Andre's farewell. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of sad that. You look at that match that they had, and you know he definitely just he was just out on the outside of the ring. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't work. So it was kind of you know it was like his swan song. But it, you know you kind of wish that you know he had a more of an active role in that match. You know that's that you know the last memory of him going out in that uh, in that ring. Uh, you know whatever you wanted to call that uh, the little uh, the little cart. You know that's you know his moment to ride off into the sunset. And I, th- I don't know if that was his last. WWF appearance, but you know, as a as a performer, but like I said, it's um, you know, like I said, it was you knew it was a, uh, it was time to say goodbye to him. You know, you look at uh, you know, like I said, I think that WrestleMania you see Ravishing uh, came out with his uh, his new haircut. He had a new look. I, I believe that's when he cut his hair. You know, that led up to the feud with the Warriors. So it was you know so many directions of WrestleMania six. And like I said, I definitely think it was one of the more memorable ones, um, you know, just because of the main event. And, um, you know, like I said, it's just something that, like I said, you know, you go from Hogan and Andre in WrestleMania 3 to this one, like I said, this one, you definitely had that uh, heavyweight uh, fight, you know, into that, you know, main event. It was, like I said, it was just, I think they did a good job. You know, Hogan definitely, you know, for a guy that wasn't known for his, you know, in-ring skills, he definitely – brought out the best in Warrior, and whether he agreed or not that, he, you know, he should have dropped the title, you know, he did the right thing. I thought it was right for business. And, you know, like I said, uh, whether you thought, you know, the Warrior was a, a flash in the pan or, you know, he was just, you know, he, he didn't live up to the expectations, you know, he still, you know, he still has his place in history, whether you like him or not. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a fair point. And looking back as adults, I can see why they booked Warrior to go over. And like you said, you're, you're explaining it so, so well, Danny, that I feel like maybe when I was a young man, I just didn't 
I wasn't paying attention because they did. They foreshadowed. Kathy earlier mentioned that they called it the ultimate challenge. So that's in favor of the ultimate warrior. And like you said, what is Hogan going to do with what could be perceived as the lesser title? You're already the world champion, so you're not going to trade that in for the IC belt, but you would definitely trade up to the world championship. And so I think you're right. I think there was foreshadowing there. I think if you were paying attention to all the little things that you would have had no doubt in your mind that the warrior was going over. And I think for the climate of the wrestling industry at that point, it was good that the warrior went over. He didn't carry the ball as well as Hogan did. And, you know, we won't know for sure the reasons behind that uh, because we weren't involved in behind the scenes stuff. But at the time it was booked for him to go over. I think it was the right decision for the time. And uh, just being a Hulkamaniac, it was just tough to, to see your hero lose. And I think the other thing that was unsettling for me is I didn't know what that meant for Hulk Hogan. I didn't know, you know, there was all these rumors that he was retiring, that he was going to try to become an actor, that he was going away. And so I think at the time for me, the Hogan's loss signified more than just losing a match. I think it, it felt like in a way we were losing uh, Hulk Hogan altogether. Um, yeah, but the way you explained it, I'm sitting here going, man, as a young kid, why didn't I see the, the, the pieces of the puzzle coming together sooner? No, I, like I said, it's uh, like I said, you, you kind of, I thought everything was all set up, you know, uh, you know, you knew that, you know, just from the, you know, the, the years prior, Hogan, I guess, wanted, you know, he went out, he he did his venture, in, you know, into Hollywood, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like I said, the, the Warrior just had that tremendous momentum, you know, starting from a SummerSlam 88 all the way up to that point, you know, you knew that they were definitely uh, grooming him to be the top guy. Um, as far as the, you know, you guys are talking about the product, you know, the possible, you know, directions that they could go to WrestleMania. I think the best way to do this with Roman and, uh, you know, we, you know, you're throwing Cody and Sammy into this mix. They got to find a way to split these titles up, I think, to really get the whole, you know, get everybody, you know, to, to I guess, you know, you get, you know, everybody's going to get their moment. Roman, I think, has to eventually drop it. You know, you you know, you know, WrestleMania is two nights. You know, I definitely think they could, you know, defend. You know, he could defend one night against Sammy, and then you know, on the the second night of WrestleMania, Cody goes out mm-hmm. and, and has his moment. Like I said, I just I don't see Roman losing it at a, at a elimination elimination chamber. I just don't. I don't think uh, it it will drive going into WrestleMania, but. You gotta you kind of get that feeling, you know. Sami Zayn is gonna have that that same you know momentum that Daniel Bryan got, you know, mm-hmm. almost you know not what nine ten years ago. But in a way, I think I'm hearing rumblings that uh, that Triple H and and Vince don't see him as that that you know face of the company. So if that's the case, you know, say they're definitely doing a disservice to to Sami and you know the the WWE universe because they definitely. They definitely, you know, on board with him. And like I said, you, they, you know, how many times have they missed the boat with so many other different talent? So, like I said, this right here, like I said, you, you had that whole bloodline storyline with, with Sammy involved. Like, how many months did this draw out? It was just tremendous storytelling. And like I said, it's been years since we had a story storytelling to this nature. And like I said, you, it, I think Sammy is definitely due his moment uh, to, you know, his moment in the sun. Yeah, man. I, I mean, we're going to take one more caller. Keep listening to the show, Danny, because we're going to take one more last caller, then we're going to end the show with my different scenarios where you just said, because now you got my, uh, my, my, my blood boiling. I want to talk about it. So 
Uh, make sure you listen, and uh, thanks for calling, man. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Hey, guys, you guys have a great week, and take it easy. Hey, you too, Danny. Thank you so much. So, so WrestleMania, we got one more on deck. I know we have a couple people on hold waiting. Unfortunately, we can only take one more call today. The lines were lighting up today. We're going to take one more call about WrestleMania 6, and we're going to end it with uh, the Bloodline storyline that I want to talk about. That's right, Tommy. And WrestleMania 6 famously went north of the border to Canada. And uh, from a little bit of research I did, that decision was made based on the audience and the viewership uh, in Canada. That pay-per-view wasn't widely uh, there yet. And so a lot of it was closed circuit, and they did very well with closed circuit in Canada. So Vince McMahon wanted to go back there and capitalize that, um, capitalize on that fact, and maybe it meant a bigger payday. Um, Vince is always thinking business. And so since WrestleMania went to Canada, we too shall venture north to Canada and check in with David. David, good morning, sir. Hey, Tommy, Jay, how you guys doing? Fantastic, brother. How are you? My man. Hey, listen, don't, don't tell, uh, make sure you don't tell Jay anything about that package I sent you over the border a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I don't know. I think it. I think the Mounties have maybe stolen or something because it still it hasn't arrived yet. So uh, you know. Ooh, customs, know. customs. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking they must have listened to the podcast. That's that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to talk. Yeah, WrestleMania six. So I, I I have some family member. I wasn't able to go to it, but I had some family members that went to it. And I think that the thing that stands out to me about it is obviously this is the first WrestleMania in in Canada, and it's one of the only two. And I think it's interesting that you have, you know, Hulk Hogan headlining both WrestleManias that were in mm-hmm. Canada, uh, even though they're so many years apart. But I love I love the hype about this, the, even in the beginning. Like, I, I was started to rewatch it recently, and, you know, they have the, you know, doing the thing with the constellations and the stars and, and with the, you know, mm-hmm. that turns into Hogan and turns into Warrior facing each other, and, and you have that. Uh, which I love, and just hyped you up for the whole thing. And then I, the other thing that I, I wanted to mention is is uh, that this is at Skydome, uh, which is uh, which was built in '89, uh, and it was the first stadium in the world that had a retractable roof. So at that time, in this time of you know 1990 with WrestleMania six, it's cutting edge. Um, they've done lots of renovations to it still, and it's the home of um, the Blue Jays, the Toronto baseball team mm-hmm. right now, and they're making a more baseball thing, but. To have those big events, um, because it was, you know, they called it, I think, the ninth wonder, you know, one of those things where we called it another wonder of the world, whatever. So many things have been called that. Um, but to have it in this stadium and to have it in Canada was a big deal, especially for us in, in Canada, uh, you know, and, and you can see that. And they put on such a great card uh, and to sort of show off Canada. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, Toronto has a relatively good represent, uh, rep- sorry, I'm losing my word here. Uh, reputation as a wrestling town, as a wrestling city, uh, mm-hmm. and for support and whatnot, especially of, of WWE events. And I think this is just another sort of notch on that belt where, you know, you've got a great card, you've got a sold out uh, stadium, and you know, it's, you know, there's only a few places in Canada that have a, a stadium that's, that's this big. There's only three of them that are at least indoor that are anywhere close to this size. And and to have that event and to have you know the stories that you have and to have ultimate warrior with Hulk and that, you know, forcing people to choose. I, I mean, I was, I'm with, I was Hulk all the way uh, on this one. Uh, but also to see, you know, the Canadian guys that are in the match is great too. Right. And the, the talent that just, you know, coming off this list, right. It's just unbelievable. Uh, so I think, 
you know, to, to take that foray into Canada and have such a big event. Um, we've had, you know, lots since. We've had SummerSlams. We've had other things. But to have the, the WrestleMania 6 when it's still, you know, it's not in its infancy, but it's in the, you know, the childhood of WrestleMania as a pay-per-view, it was really special. Uh, and the card, I think, reflected that as well. Yeah, it was a giant card from, from opening. You know, sometimes people say that this was a one-match mania because everyone's eyes were on the main event, Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan. But if you run down the card, tons of classic matches, tons of Hall of Famers involved in these matches. Unfortunately, a large percentage of the participants have since uh, passed on, which is just, you know, it, it's sad for the wrestling world in general, and it's a sign that everyone's getting older. But, yeah, this would have been an amazing WrestleMania to take in. And like you said, the Sky Dome in Toronto could seat a ton, a ton of people. And, you know, it's advertised uh, as having about 68,000 people in attendance. We all know that sometimes those numbers get inflated. But if you think of Toronto and you think of it being a wrestling town, the fact that nearly 70,000 people reportedly packed in to the Sky Dome to see this, um, yeah, that's quite the feat. And it's, it's interesting that, like you said, so many years apart, but Hogan headlining the two WrestleManias that took place north of the border. It, it just speaks on, I think, uh, Hulk Hogan's career, the legacy he has, but also uh, the fan base that must be there in Toronto. And if I'm remembering correctly, Toronto was the crowd that after Hogan Rock, the Monday night after, they gave Hogan one of the greatest receptions that has ever been seen on like a Monday night Raw. Is that right? That was, that took place in Canada as well. Am I right about that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, and and that, so, that yeah, what a one where, right, they had to change up the plan, right? Because, you know, uh, rock was supposed to be the baby face and Hogan, the heel and, you know, the crowd, the crowd was behind Hogan. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, what a tremendous town for Hogan to go and headline and get the kind of reception that he got uh, both times. Cause the Toronto fans, uh, during WrestleMania six, you know, were just rabid. I just remember uh, the crowd images when you rewatch it, like they were hundred percent into that match and on their feet the whole time. And so uh, it must be a thrill beyond thrills to step into the center of the ring with 68,000 people around you screaming at the top of their lungs. Hogan tells a story where the ultimate warrior, you know, gets blown up after his entrance and all that, which is uh, you, you hear that about warrior because he had to run to the ring and shake the rope. So he's already tired by the time the match starts. And how Hogan was saying communication in the ring was so tough because the crowd was just so loud that it was hard to hear each other talk. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that crowd was on, and that, and it's still now like between the two of them, right. This is the one that gets talked about the most in Canada, right? This, this WrestleMania, I mean, they're both great cards, gross, great WrestleManias, full of tons of stars, but WrestleMania six is the one that stands out in people's memory more. Uh, and, and is remembered, I would say, more fondly. Not that the other one wasn't, but this is the one that, you know, we're, we're, we're really proud of. So let me ask you this before we let you go. If you go to the Sky Dome now to watch the Toronto Blue Jays or to go to an event, do they have anything from WrestleMania 6? Because sometimes venues will keep posters or banners from past events that have taken place there. Do you know, is there anything that hangs in the Sky Dome that references this WrestleMania? Nothing that's on public display. Um, okay. So the, the basic, they used to have stuff like that, but, but because it's undergone so many changes and now is primarily, I mean, it was always primarily a baseball venue, but they also had the football team, the Canadian football league team there. Um, and it's since moved out uh, and they've done renovations to make it more of a baseball only stadium. 
So I think there's probably stuff in some of like the, you know, the box areas of, of like past events like that, or maybe in the, um, like the athletes only area. But if you're just the average fan going to a, a baseball game, all you're going to see is Blue Jay stuff. Sounds good. David, thank you so much for calling good, in and give us a Canadian. Oh yeah. Tommy go. No, I said that was a good question that you asked him. I was curious of, uh, of that answer as well, because I know Madison Square Garden has, you know, some stuff of the WWF uh, there in their uh, in their place. But, uh, hey, man, it was nice to hear a, a firsthand uh, one. Not, not that you, were, you weren't there, were you? Were you there at WrestleMania 6 or no? No, I, I wasn't, but I had family that was there. Awesome. Yeah, man, it was, it was good to hear your uh, perspective on it. And, yeah, man, hopefully talk to you next week, and thanks for calling in. Yeah, and uh, looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the bloodline. Oh, awesome, man. Thank you. All right, take care, guys. All right. All right thank you, Jay. Later, man. Yeah, what a great episode today, talking about the WrestleMania 6 card. Primarily, we're talking mostly about the Hogan Warrior uh, situation, uh, match, not situation, but which led me to think about today's topic because I'm trying to navigate the whole WWE bloodline storyline. And, 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 and uh, you know, Jay, the, for me, the for me the my favorite part of, uh, the wrestling business is, is the creative part of it and, you know, helping create and helping nurture, you know, some of these independent guys and, you know, getting them along. Like I've, I'm just all into the creative aspect of the business the most. So like this really like me being creative to begin with, this you know, it makes me think my piece into this bloodline storyline. I figured I have the platform, the platform here on the podcast uh, to talk about it. So I want to take a couple minutes and, and talk about what I would do. Well, not even what I would really do. Uh, different different scenarios to get WWE out of the, what I think, and, and maybe you don't see it right now, but probably in the next couple of weeks you're going to start seeing it, uh, the situation that they're going to be in. Because they did this whole bloodline storyline with Sami Zayn, and, and, and no disrespect to Sami at all, what I'm about to say, but like he was maybe a mid-card guy at best. Uh, his entire run in the WWE, and, and again, no disrespect. I, I, I think I said uh, publicly be- before that I, me, I never really saw much in Sammy until this past year's WrestleMania when he did the thing with uh, Jackass. And I love being wrong because after he did that, man, my eyes, like I looked at him in a different way, and I think that he is uber talented. And I, I think that there's definitely something there just that they never presented him in the way where I saw that because I wasn't really that familiar. I mean, I know his, you know, he was in ring of honor and he was a top independent guy for many, many years prior to coming to the WWE, but I didn't follow his career. So I only saw what WWE presented me with. So when I saw that different side of him at WrestleMania this past year, being able to, carry those guys to a, a, a unbelievably entertaining match. I was thoroughly entertained by that match. Uh, it was then that I started looking at uh, Sammy in a different light. And the same thing, man, I think I mentioned this as well a couple, maybe a couple months ago on the podcast, uh, uh, Kevin Owens, the same situation. I really never got it with him and never really saw what other people were seeing until this past year's WrestleMania where he went out there and freaking – carried Steve Austin to a, well, not even carried, but Steve Austin did his part as well, had an, an unbelievably entertaining fight 
uh, at WrestleMania. So, like, both of those guys really stood out to me uh, this past year's WrestleMania. So now going into the summer, they start the whole Bloodline storyline, heading into the fall, it's gaining steam. And now you're at a situation where he uh, organically became super popular with the audience. It's very, 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 very similar to the whole Daniel Bryan situation where he captured lightning in a bottle for the WWE and became the breakout star in the company where they had no choice but to make him the top guy, whether WWE saw him as that or not. And uh, the last caller just said, uh, or someone said that uh, there was a rumor that Vince McMahon and, and Triple H don't see Sami Zayn as the main event guy. You don't look like a man. Who fucked that? Who gives a shit? what they think, and I'm saying this, and I've never wanted a job with WWE in the future, uh, I, I'm not shy to say what, I, what I'm going to say, because I'm, 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 I'm a creative person, too, and I'm a promoter. Who fucking cares what Vince McMahon thinks of Sami Zayn, and who cares what Triple H thinks of Sami Zayn? Listen to that audience. And, 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 and yes, it partly has to do with Roman Reigns being so damn good at what he does, and, and and I roll my eyes a couple of years ago when because I've I've always been really high on Roman I thought he was fucking awesome uh, and, and you hear over the last couple of years oh you know and people in the business too that understand the business say you know oh you know WWE pushes Roman down your throat blah 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 dude they pushed him because of what you're seeing right now because he is that damn good and I think that he was a huge part huge part of getting Sammy to the level where he's at right now. But make no mistakes about it, Sammy played his role and character tremendously well as well. So now we're in a situation now where it's WrestleMania season. The the the, the story itself, which has been told for the last several months, uh, peaked at the Royal Rumble. Now, I, I think that it peaked that quickly because uh, they, they could have definitely drawn it out better and longer because, I mean, and myself included, I was hanging on every word those guys were saying each and every week. It was the only reason I was tuning in to see them. I wouldn't even watch the show. I would just fast, I would just tape it and go to their part. But what I think happened is they they, they 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 cut their brakes on it a little quickly because it's WrestleMania season, and maybe the maybe the idea all along, uh, maybe let me let me backtrack what I'm saying. It probably wasn't even an idea of doing Roman and Sammy. Uh, organically, he got over, and then it probably fell on him. They have the money match, and they're probably like, all right. Well, we'll put that in between Rumble, and, and I'm just I'm just thinking out loud the way they're thinking because it, it's a different animal when you have something that is far more over than you want it to be, and you have to you have to address it. You can't sweep it under the rug. Um, so I think it's a situation where they're like, all right, well, we'll put that match in between Rumble and, and Mania. And the problem is now that it's so over. And you heard when Sammy attacked Roman last week on SmackDown, the fucking place erupted. So they're booking themselves into a corner here because what's going to happen next week is they're having this match. Now, they can have – I'm sure Sammy's not going to lose Queen. And if he does – I wouldn't be surprised with WWE. Uh, I would not do that as, as the finish. So he's just too over. He loses clean. His fucking momentum is, is killed right then and there. 
So we're not going to do that. We're going to we're going to take that out of the equation. He can't lose clean. So with that being said, if he loses, which I mean, I'm sure he's going to lose uh, because, but you know, it doesn't have to be that way. And we'll, we'll, I'll talk into that in a second too. But let's assume he's going to lose next Saturday, which is which is what I would do. I'd have him lose. I would not have him lose clean though because he's just too valuable to the company right now. And there's still legs to that storyline following WrestleMania, whatever they do with with that situation, which we're going to get into in a second as well. So a, 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 a quick, easy finish would be Jay Uso coming back. Everyone thinks he's on Sammy's side to do a big fuck. He's with, with Roman. Sammy gets fucked. So that leads to WrestleMania where it's, you know, Kev, um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. He 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 looks to his best friend. You know, I had your back. Now you have to have mine. And and it's it's Sammy and Kevin against the Usos at WrestleMania. If 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 I think WWE's booking, if they're doing it, I think that's probably what they're going to do. Uh, if that is what they're going to do, it's it's obviously still a real good scenario because there's so much invested in that storyline. Still, I'd even make them the main event of Night One of WrestleMania. Sammy and Kevin against the Usos, and they can they can make history as being the first tag team title match to ever main event WrestleMania. So they 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 can do that, and you know it would still it would be historic, it'd be big. The problem is, is that even though you know Sammy gets fucked and they're going for revenge on the Usos, the emotional connection with the audience and for me as a viewer is Sammy and Roman. So I, it's, here's, a, here's a perfect scenario how to lay it out. So just say, you know, at WrestleMania, using WrestleMania as an example. So on, on WrestleMania Day, uh, just remember that day's example, uh, Breaking Bad is going to debut. The first episode ever of Breaking Bad, now obviously everyone knows how unbelievable Breaking Bad is, one of the greatest, most popular shows in the history of television. Breaking Bad debuts, but guess what? It's against the finale of The Sopranos. Shit, I've been so emotionally invested in watching The Sopranos the last several years. As excited, and I'm using Cody Rhodes in the example of of Breaking Bad. As as excited as I am to see Breaking Bad's first show tonight, I can't help but I have to see the finale of the Sopranos first. So I think that's the situation that they're in right now because, and and they did a fantastic job with Cody and Paul Heyman on Raw this past Monday. Jay, if you didn't watch it, I I would go back and go out of your way and watch it. It was really, really, really good stuff. Um, The problem is, is that as good as that is, and and the whole story with Cody is tremendous. You know, he he left WWE because he was a mid-card guy and he wanted more. He went out and made a name for himself on the independence, went to AEW, helped create that, uh, left there to come back to WWE because he has unfinished business. He wants to become the WWE champion. And then you put in the Dusty thing. And it just, it's a story. The story really is perfect, but so is this story that they currently have. So it's, it's a tough, real, real, real tough situation. So curious to see what happens for the finish next Saturday. Uh, and see, more importantly, how the show gets structured after that, and more importantly, how the fans 
react to that structuring of the show. So right now, as 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 as, as right now, all we know it's going to be Cody against Roman at WrestleMania. I mean, obviously, Sammy can win the belt next week. Everything would change. You'd have that Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan situation where you have two fucking guys that everyone loves going at it. I think it would be it would be an out from the crowd turning on the whole situation. And then it could be a situation where maybe WWE has The Rock. What if he has The Rock? What if WWE has The Rock? And then it's Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. It's, you're still getting that huge, big, marquee, rumored match that's a dream match. And now you're getting some other exciting match where Cody is going to fulfill his destiny, but Sami Zayn just fulfilled his. So it's, it, it would make for a really cool scenario if that happens. This is me armchair booking, uh, obviously. But that would be awesome if they didn't have if they didn't have Rock, you know, they can do Rock, uh, Roman against Jey Uso in the Battle of the Bloodline, bring back all the family members from Rakishi to the Wild Samoans to Samu to Asa Jr., the whole, the whole nine yards. Uh, and that would be appealing and that would keep going with the storyline and but, you know, if it was me, man, and this is going to sound crazy, I would have Roman leave WrestleMania as the champion because this, he has such – and I wouldn't be upset if they did that because he has had such a tremendous run, uh, and now he's in a situation where you have two over-over baby faces coming out to that belt. And it's the first time, it's the first time they've been in this situation in a while, which is a good thing. Uh, and he, he overcomes the odds and beats both those guys. I think that would really seal the deal of his legacy of just how dominant of a champion he is in, in this generation. So you can do that. Uh, you can you can do what Kohler uh, earlier said, uh, although I, I wouldn't want to see it. You have night one against Sammy, night one against Cody. Um, you can do that. You could do. I mean, you could do some way somehow. Sammy gets in there at WrestleMania, do a three way. So that that's an easy way out of preventing all the the negative turns as you make it a three way. So that's a possibility. Um, what else can you do? You could do here. Here you go. You could do. And again, it's not going to be the same as Sammy challenging Roman for the title at WrestleMania. But uh, I think that it would distract the fans if you did something where you know Sammy's about to win the title next week against Roman. Fucking Kevin Owens runs out and fucking screws Sammy. No one would see that coming. And then you have Sammy and Kevin in a grudge match at WrestleMania because at that point, the fans know it's going to be Rock and Cody anyway. But so there's unfinished business between Sammy and Rock and, Nick and uh, Rock, Roman. You get picked it up after WrestleMania. But in the meantime, the, the, the story is still the, – the fans are very invested in that whole Kevin-Sammy thing too. So that would prevent – have outlast there and let this Cody and Roman match happen over there, as opposed to Kevin and Owen, uh, Kevin and Sammy against the Usos for the tag titles. I just think, and even if you did it as the main event on night two of WrestleMania or night one, and it should be because the the story's so over. I think that wrestling fans is hearing that Sammy is going for the tag team titles, as opposed to the big one, is gonna gonna revolt the fans, in my opinion. I think that over the next couple of weeks, if that does happen, you're going to see that. So what I would do, if if you don't want to do a three-way, if you don't want to have Sammy win uh, or do night one and night two against both guys, I think the smartest, easiest way out of this whole situation 
is have Kevin Owens fuck Sammy next Saturday because no one's going to see it coming. Now you have Sammy versus Kevin at WrestleMania, uh, and I think that's the that's the easiest way out if you don't want to get Sammy involved in the title picture. But I know I just spoke for like 15 minutes nonstop. Hopefully all I, everything I said made sense. No, it did. It did make sense, and it's interesting to get a promoter's point of view. Let me ask you this, as a promoter's point of view, because you're always thinking about the booking and and things, directions you can go. In my observation of what's taking place, it wasn't really planned to get to this point. I think that maybe creative didn't realize how over Sami Zayn was going to get and how much the crowd was going to get behind him and want to see him rise the ranks. And on the other side of it, I think if Cody Rhodes never tore his peck, he might already be the champion. And so the fact that both of these storylines are kind of coming to a head in WrestleMania season, I don't necessarily think that was something that creative could see happening. I think circumstances kind of brought them to this point. So I would love to hear from you, Tommy, for just a minute or two as a promoter, how do you balance where you think the story is going to what the crowd starts getting behind and, and the crowd might be digging something that you didn't necessarily think they were going to dig. And they might be asking for something that you weren't necessarily ready to deliver at that time. How much does the fans uh, perspective weigh in on creative? I mean, do you shift gears as soon as you see a Sami Zayn getting that big push from the fan side, do you immediately put the pencil push behind him too. Cause I think the Cody Rhodes story, I think we were heading there. The injury delayed it, but now it's back on track. That's got to create a problem for creative, does it not? Great question, and I have a great answer for you. Uh, so last year, when I brought back ISPW, I did a um, a Royal Rumble style match that crowned the ISPW Heavyweight Champion, and Bull James won the Royal Rumble to become the ISPW. Champion. Now, I did an angle afterwards with Danny Morrison, who is Bull's real-life best friend. Bull is the godfather to Bull uh, to Danny's daughter, and we did a situation afterwards where Danny congratulated Bull, told him how proud he was of him, how he deserved this moment. Danny brought his kids in the ring to celebrate with Bull. They hug the kids, and the kids leave the ring, and then Danny takes a chair and destroys Bull with it. So now we have a situation where the fans were like, an, like the, the, the fans were like, whoa, like they got some good heat. But as Danny Morrison was walking back to the locker room, I saw Danny's eyes looking at Bull and the situation that happened and saw like he was really – really into it so much so that it made me really, really into it. Now I was going to have Bull's first title defense against Danny Morrison uh, at the next show at that building. Oh no, the next month, I'm sorry, the next month uh, as Danny being the first challenger for Bull, but seeing how good that angle played out and saw how bad Danny wanted. I saw Danny in a different light that day. I said to myself, well, fucking, if if, if Danny loses uh, his first title match against Bull, that's going to cut the legs from right underneath him for whatever, I, whatever I'm seeing right now. Mm-hmm. So what I did was 
I made Maven the special guest referee for that match, had Maven fuck Bull his first title offense, and Danny gets the belt, and then Danny ran with it for six months. But I never would have done that if I didn't hear that reaction from the crowd or saw how bad Danny wanted it when I was looking at him after that match. So, yeah, man, I totally switched gears. My, my whole thing was to bring that guy to W and make Bull the guy because I think WWE grossly dropped the ball on him uh, when he was in NXT. Uh, and Bull has the ball now. And he's, he's rolling with it. But uh, I, I, I switched gears because I, I, I heard the crowd and I saw the reaction Danny had. And, and I, went, I went in a completely different direction. I wasn't even thinking. And, and I wasn't mm-hmm. even that – and I wasn't even really close with Danny at the time. We were on a high buy basis pretty much, you know. So, like, that's how much I, I, I do listen and I, and I do pay attention. And you got to do that. And that's why I think WWE has to do that. It can't be swept under the rug uh, because they, they have that Daniel Bryan situation again with this guy. And I just mm-hmm. think all, as, as great as Kevin and Sammy teaming up to take on the Usos, if that's their plan, it's a great and, – and, and Jay Foxen goes back with, with uh, Roman. It's a great way to keep the storyline going. The only problem is I think that they're in that situation where he is – that Daniel Bryan right now, they want him. Yep. And when he doesn't get, when he doesn't get the title match at the big one and gets a tag title match instead, I just mm-hmm. got a feeling that the fans are going to turn on that. So it, it's, it's going to be an interesting story to watch over the last couple, the next couple of weeks and how it plays out. But the good thing is Jay is that we're talking about it. So if we're talking about it. You know, everyone mm-hmm. else is talking about it too, which means they're doing good business. That's absolutely right. You want eyes on the product and they have it right now. You just hope, that they're having these discussions in the creative room so that they don't leave fans with a bad taste in their mouth uh, after WrestleMania. You want people to continue to tune in and continue to come back to the product. Tommy, thanks for sharing your insights, man. Uh, It's always good to hear your side of a a thing because you look at it through a different lens than just the regular fan. And so I appreciate you uh, taking time this morning and sharing your thoughts on the directions that they could go and maybe should go uh, with the current storylines. Yeah, man, I enjoyed it. Maybe uh, we'll do more of it in the future. But listen, man, I hope you and your family have a great weekend. Super Bowl weekend, Jumpy Jay. What's on the menu? What's on the menu for Sunday there at uh, that mansion you got down there in Minnesota? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking to the wife. Say, guys, to... It's a, listen, it is no, a mansion listen. he has, by the way, guys. No, he's he's loaded, listen, so. don't listen to Tommy. Listen, we're, we're trying to get some Quake Burgers on the grill. We're going to see if we can get them from our supplier. How about you? What do you guys... Other than uh, Mama Fiero's pasta salad, what else is being slung over there in New Jersey? Listen, man, I got a, I got a, I got a couple broads that can make some great Quake Burgers here in Jersey. So <laughs> when you're up in May, I, and I know you're going to be at the store, I'll have them bring over some Quake Burgers for you. Fantastic. But uh, we're going to have some... Uh, we're going to have some... I don't, you know what? I think, I think we're going to do... Uh, I think we're going to do uh, maybe a six-foot sub sandwich. Maybe uh, some macaroni salad, some potato salad, some wings, some uh, pretzels, some chips and dips, pepperoni and cheese platter. We can do it up, Jumpin' Jay. We're going to do it up. That sounds fantastic, man. As a Minnesotan, when I think of New Jersey, like what is like, are you guys like hoagie country? Or like what is New Jersey, what's the iconic food from your neck of the woods? Do you have one? I mean, pizza is very, very good in New Jersey. Did you have pizza last time you were up here or no? No, we never did. I, I guess I picture New York as the pizza place, but you guys got good pizza in Jersey, huh? Oh, 
Jersey, baby. We got we got some awesome right. pizza places in Jersey. But yeah, pizza. I mean, when you have a Super Bowl party, you got to have the the, the regular. Oh, stuff, you got to go right? with the party. Pizza, yeah, you got to go with the party sandwich. You got to go with the big one. Yeah, man. So yeah. yeah, when you come up, I'll uh, I have I have a, I have a couple quick burgers ready for you. I have a couple submarine sandwiches for you. Love and it. One thing I won't have for you. One thing I won't have for you though, is the Bolsheviks in the main event of ISW Rock and Wrestling 2. <laughs> Following 80s Wrestling Con. For more information, head over to 80swrestlingcon.com. We'll catch you next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.